A word of caution as you embark on your summer travels, Pulse Check listeners. Norovirus cases on cruise ships have reached their highest level since 2012 after declining for nearly a decade, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Experts speculate that perhaps this is due to a record demand for cruises after the pandemic. This is Pulse Check. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. The Pharmaceutical Researchers and Manufacturers of America, the nation's largest drug lobbying group, said yesterday that Elizabeth Carpenter will take over as the head of policy at the organization. Carpenter is currently the president of the consulting firm Avalray Health. Pharma has had a rocky 2023, losing three of its member organizations since last December. In her role, Carpenter will manage the legislative, regulatory, and political strategies and oversee the group's research department that works alongside its lobbying team. A tweak to a landmark healthcare affordability law in California has hospitals frustrated with healthcare worker labor unions and state lawmakers. The change to the bill would mean that hospitals' financial books are open to the public instead of keeping them behind the closed doors of the state government. Previously, major health groups got behind the bill only if their financial information would be kept private. The state legislators making the changes to the bill say they were never a part of that conversation. And President Biden's nomination of Monica Bertagnoli as the head of the NIH initially received widespread support. But the nomination has become a personnel headache for the White House due to a standoff with Senator Bernie Sanders over drug pricing. Adam Kankren is here to explain. Thanks for having me. So everyone seemed pretty happy when President Biden nominated Monica Bertagnoli for the National Institute of Health director. But now there's a delay in obstacles faced by her candidacy for this role. What's happening here? Yeah, so basically two months ago, Monica Bertignoli was nominated to run the NIH. Everybody was happy about it from the medical research community to the Biden administration to it seemed like a lot of the senators who would be charged with confirming her. But her nomination has not advanced since then because of one senator, and that is Senator Bernie Sanders. The unfortunate part for her is that he runs the help committee that's in charge of handling and vetting her candidacy. And even worse for her is the reason he's holding her up is not even about her qualifications. He's in a separate standoff with the White House over additional drug pricing actions that he wants Biden to take. The White House so far has refused to do that. And so Bernie Sanders is exercising the one piece of leverage he has to hold up President Biden's NIH nominee. It is a stalemate that has now, like I said, been ongoing for two months. And when I talked to Senator Sanders recently, he didn't indicate he had any plans of budging anytime soon if he did not get his requests met. On the NIH side, why does this holdup matter for the National Institutes of Health and for Biden's health agenda? Yeah, for the NIH, I mean, you can go even back further than May. NIH has been without a permanent director since December 2021. And this is an administration with a president that has made cancer research, the cancer moonshot, the restoring faith in public health, a really central plank of the administration's agenda and of what President Biden wants to be known for legacy-wise when his presidency is over. And so to not have permanent NIH leader, one, it's embarrassing overall for this administration. And two, it creates real problems in getting things done, in having the agency have a leader who's able to make big changes, set priorities, and crucially go to the Hill, go to Congress and fight for those priorities, especially with a budget battle coming up. We've already seen a lot of these restrictions on funding put in place as part of the debt ceiling deal earlier this year. So it's going to be even more important to have some who can go and fight for every last bit of funding this fall to ensure that you know, the NIH essentially has the money to do the research 
that it feels it needs to do. Can you break down for us what Bernie Sanders actually wants here? I mean, it seems like the Biden administration has also viewed drug pricing as an important issue. So where's the disagreement coming from? Yeah, well, you're getting at the core of the White House frustration over this at this point. From the White House perspective, for a good chunk of this feud here, they haven't known exactly what Bernie Sanders wants outside of just more action on drug pricing. When I spoke to Sanders a couple weeks ago, he called out a few specific things. One, he wants the NIH specifically to reinstate what's called a reasonable pricing clause. And it's a little complicated, but essentially it means that NIH, if there is federally funded research that a private company then uses to develop a drug, basically the company would be required to price it at a reasonable price for people. And that's a little vague, right? It was a a clause that was pulled back, that was eliminated back in the 90s. The NIH went back recently and looked at it and said, you know what, actually we felt like that was a good thing to do. It helped increase cooperation between the public and private sector. And so So there hasn't really been any momentum for reinstating it. But that is one thing that Bernie Sanders wants. He's convinced it would push drug prices lower. The second thing that he has called for is the use of so-called margin rights. And this is essentially the ability for the federal government to go to a company and say, we think your drug is priced too high. We're taking your patent and we're going to license this drug out to other competitors. There are a lot of legal concerns with it. HHS is reviewing its authority here. But again, no conclusions really expected anytime soon. In the meantime, the White House says we've done a ton on drug pricing overall already, especially in the Inflation Reduction Act. But for Bernie Sanders, that is not nearly enough. He said the IRA and all of its provisions was, quote, a modest step. Wow. So what does it mean for Democratic leadership then if Sanders is holding this up, if Sanders is sort of like infighting with a White House that he usually agrees with? This is a tricky one. I mean, on the one hand, it's a bad look for everybody on the Democratic side. Biden can't get his nominee through. Chuck Schumer, the majority leader in the Senate, who's supposed to be speeding all these nominations through. Obviously, this one is stalled. On the other hand, I mean, Bernie Sanders is a very particular type of senator. He's not going to be arm twisted. And in fact, that may actually make things worse. So we haven't really seen a ton of engagement on the Senate side of trying to resolve this, of trying to get Sanders to back down. And that's one of the things that's so troubling for the White House and for people who are big supporters of Monica Bertignoli is that there's no clear off-ramp here. There's no clear compromise or resolution that we can look at and say, well, at least that's what we're driving toward. If this is not a great moment right now, just looking at the NIH, what are some of the other areas that this rocky-ish relationship could impact in the future? Well, it's a major concern here. I mean, in terms of Biden's agenda, one of the big things that he can really do over the next year and a half is get all of his nominations installed. And this goes beyond healthcare. This is crucial when it comes to judges. There has been a major issue with military promotions. Biden's labor nominee, Julie Sue, has been in a similar situation of being in limbo now for five months. So something that the White House can actively do and do largely without any Republican cooperation is not happening as quickly as they would like. Secondly, it's a little bit of a surprise because if you remember, Democrats added a seat in the Senate during the midterms. And so there was this feeling that nominations would actually get easier. That has not happened. From a specific health perspective, there is running concern that, yes, NIH is stalled, but Sanders has vowed essentially to oppose all health nominees until he gets his way. And if you look down the line, that could include anything from HHS secretary to head of CMS. Any vacancy over the next you know little bit here could be impacted. So there's just a big question about how this gets resolved, what to do about it, and how much compounded worse this gets as we get further into the year. Well, Adam, thank you so much for breaking all of this down for us. And thanks for your reporting. Anytime. And that's our show. 
Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese is our senior producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.